So I have just published. Oh, okay. Maybe everybody heard that. A robot voice just said this meeting is being recorded. And since oh, I don't do any editing on this stuff, this is the, this is the intro. It's rough. I'm excited. Uh, I'm ch chatting with Artyan of uh, the, the CEO of Canonic, which is a book publishing platform. And I'm excited because I just published a new book uh, called The Inner Game of Startups. And I'm really excited about the book itself and the contents in it. But I'm also really excited about the way that I've published this book. This is, uh, this is book number 10, and this is way unique compared to all of the other books that I've put out there, mostly through Amazon self-publishing, but I've done some other approaches as well. Um, and, and I'm super excited about it. Like I have experienced a little taste of the future for writers, for book publishing, um, and it's pretty awesome. So Ardian, Give us first, like, just the elevator pitch for Canonic. What is it and what inspired you to create it? Uh, I think of Bitcoin uh, not just as a monetary, um, a monetary substrate. Obviously, you being here, think about it differently as well. But I think a good pitch that I've, that, or, or, or a good synthesis that I'm, I'm trying, I'm testing out there in the market, is the idea of, Bitcoin compute being the second amendment equivalent for compute generally. Now, what does this mean? Uh, from my perspective, this means uh, simply that we are creating a computational paradigm that gives you, its user, uh, control. And, and, and this is a hard thing to do. This, uh, we have a, a ton of engineering talent who's spending time approaching this problem, uh, specifically from a computational perspective. They're building from the ground up functional OSs. And the idea there is that without going in the weeds is that we can always guarantee that the computation is going to be right from one machine to another machine. However, when it comes to... Uh, issues of values, uh, questions of uh, what should free speech be about, how do we index a search, what books are the most important books that uh, we should uh, value in society, what are the canonical books of uh, society, if you will, or more generally even, what is the canonical data that a certain um, uh, polity is based on. Uh, these questions are hard. These questions cannot be solved by algorithms. Ultimately, these questions are solved by institutions and incentives. And so this is how we approach the canonic. Uh, I want to put you, um, the, the authors, you, in control of your work. And the way we do that is through uh, the beautiful primitives of Bitcoin. I mean, with one wallet, uh, that you basically control by safeguarding a certain set amount of words, like it's just like a password, right? So uh, just by remembering a password, you have control of your money, you have control of your identity, you have control of your data. Uh, I think this is a very powerful approach, and we, we, we've thought about how, what tools we can bring to market that. Uh, um, that, that sort of navigate that, you know, the, the, the chasm, right? We, we have to build first an early set of adopters. And I see that there are a ton of authors out there that have something to say. And most of those things that they have to say in the current uh, sensitive place where the United States lies means that they're they going to have to take risks. And if you're going to take risks as an author, I want to make sure that you're compensated. And, and, and you, uh, you earn from that. And the way you, we, we do that is through uh, publishing in Bitcoin. First and foremost, we allow you to have, um, uh, or we allow you, we, we help you. Because you can do this yourself. Like if you learn coding, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. learn to code and you can do all of these things yourself. The, the Bitcoin uh, network is open. So, well, what we're doing is making it a little bit easier for people that are, don't have an engineering background. But um, what the Bitcoin network allows us to do is for the author to save an encrypted copy of their work on chain. This means that the work is distributed all over the world and secondly, we can do business with Bitcoin internationally. So this business is not uh, uh, controlled by one particular polity. And uh, uh, third, 
we can avail ourselves to uh, creating this, what we can call time crystals on the Bitcoin blockchain, where we tie uh, economic information, uh, the work itself, metadata, all of this sits on chain. And the author can authorize its reuse just by signing up their, the private keys uh, or signing the public keys with which they've signed their uh, the, the work and they've encrypted that work on chain. I, I love the... Powerful, uh, a diff, very different dynamic where you don't have Amazon anymore uh, telling you what is worthy, and you don't have some big uh, New York publisher that was built, I don't know, in the 18th century or so, and they still have a say on what books our society finds important. Uh, changing this approach, uh, we start with a very simple uh, goal of let's get uh, a few. Um, deep thinkers to start tinkering with this and, and creating this uh, little cool experiences. And from there, uh, what we're going to start to see is that as these uh, experiences start to scale, we're going to start to see uh, printers and publishers come to the chain and start looking at Bitcoin for information, for yeah. signals about what is important. You know, when you, know, when you, you see those movies or, you know, if in your case, you know, we've had that experience with some old board member going on, like, what do the kids want these days? <laughs> 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 what do they want? Uh, I think that information uh, will surface on chain. Yeah, and yeah. Anonic is there to facilitate. I love, by the way, that uh, New York is like an insult now. You're like, you know, some... New York publisher. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. It's so oh, mean. Absolutely. Did you oh, have absolutely. to call him New York? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's Artie, and I know you uh, from previous conversations, and I'm, I'm not at all surprised when I said, hey, what is Canonic? And tell us why you launched it, that you went really deep into a much broader philosophical thing that's not even so much about Did I, technology. I, I, need, I, I need to do a better job at just like, you know, keeping but, it keeping I mean, simple. I thought I did a good job. No, you, you did a good job. Like, sometimes, but I think that's one. That's the way you think. That's one of your strengths. So, so I think it's interesting leaning into it. You, you immediately went into, look, I see problems in society at large with the way things are valued and then the way that value is communicated, how there's a lot of manipulation between what people actually value and then what we are presented with uh, and told people value, right? Like you look at whatever, anything from movie reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and you can see the divergence between what people actually value in the market and what they're told by experts or algorithms that they're supposed to value or they're told that other people value. Like, you, you know the trending topics on Twitter are not actually organic. And so I, I love that you're seeing that problem and you're seeing yeah. the technology of a distributed public immutable ledger where data is tied to economic actions in this decentralized way. And you're, and you're marrying those and saying, we can improve the flow of ideas and information and ideas and information about ideas and information and signaling and with with Bitcoin and book publishing is one way to start. Like, I love that you come at it from such a high level that Canonic yeah. is like, it's you don't see it as, oh, this is a really handy utility to let people upload books to the blockchain. You see this as like right. a social mission um, that is, it's one prong in this much uh, broader strategy. And I, I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty inspiring. No, uh, thank you. Uh, and I think you said it very well uh, in terms of the fact that our tools shape our reality. It, it, it's a very hard idea to grapple with because most of our lives, we, we, we try to find what is, what is reality? What is the right thing to do? What is the good way to live? And the more uh, years you spend time on, on this earth and the more you approach systems and problems critically, the more you see like well, where there's no... There's no clear route. There's no clear gravity force that can tell me, well, this is how reality is. And you, you can find um, uh, sadness in that or you can find solace. The fact that life will never end. There's not going to be one clear total answer to everything. Um, and it's not like Bitcoin is not going to, quote unquote, massage the, the, the message, if you will. Uh, every tool does that. 
every tool distorts, every tool shapes according to itself. But the job of the tool is to create such reality that that messaging, that massaging of the information is not seen as an attack, is not seen as a, 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 a threatening creation, a threatening behavior, but it's seen as, oh, this is natural, this works, I like this, I, I enjoy it, I vibe with this, right? We want the, we want the kids to vibe with it. Yeah. I, I, love, I love Bitcoin, I love what I'm doing. I vibe with it 100%. Well, what what I yeah please yeah what what I think is so cool is that I love what you said that the tools we use shape us it's kind of a it's kind of an update on Marshall McLuhan's you know the medium is the message to now in this digital age it's not just the medium as in like a a way to convey uh, you know articles or ideas or whatever it's tools as well those things kind of blend together but that they're always going to shape the content and and influence it and massage it as you said. The beauty of Bitcoin is the transparency that it brings to that process. So I'm a huge fan of Ronald Coase, the the economist. Right, and he, right, right. You know his his whole idea on on the way that you sort of solve disputes over um, you know property or how to allocate resources. It doesn't really matter what the initial distribution is. What matters is that you have an open process where people get to bid so that things will end up in a more efficient state. And I think what I love about Bitcoin is, I mean, you could say the same for a money supply, by the way, like it it wouldn't really matter if there was a federal reserve, if what they did was 100% visible to the market, because everybody could adjust to it without that much difficulty. It's the fact that it's opaque, the fact that it's hidden and the same with like Google algorithms and the fact that no, that's what gives them their power, but it's also what makes everything really inefficient. So the fact that like someone wants to pay a bunch of money to bump up a piece of content, there's nothing scandalous or wrong with that. The, making that transparent though, makes it like, it, it blows the doors. It makes things so incredible. So nuts and bolts here. With Canonic, for example, you can see on the blockchain if you want to, right? You don't have to. Canonic is just an interface that makes it easy right. to interact with the blockchain. But all the data is there and you can, you can find it six ways from Sunday. Um, with other people's interfaces, or if you know how to code yourself. But you can see uh, every time, let's say I get on and change the quantity of books I want to sell or the price or change the description. Every one of those is a, is a transaction where I'm paying a few cents and it's going on chain and you can see that whole history is transparent. If someone does a book review, those reviews are all posted on chain and they pay a, a, a cent or whatever to post those. You can they, see they, all that they, history. But, but they also need to buy their wallet the, the, or their identity that writes the review. They need to prove that they've purchased the book. So this yeah. increases the, the, the cost. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can see all that. I mean, think about, you know, Amazon has like reviews and then they have like verified reviews, but, but you're trusting Amazon. You can't see the data. You can't pull the metadata and look at the whole history and be like, this is really fishy. Sometimes comments disappear. Right. Comments disappear. Right. And, and, and canonic, you have the power to do that too, right? If someone starts spamming the reviews and making the page ugly, you can delete them, but everybody else can go see a log of that happening. They can go look at the history and be like, oh, here's this comment, Canonic deleted it. And they can see those actions. So I just, I love that the whole thing, it's not, it's not that, it's not some like communistic anti-advertising or anti trying to purchase attention. It's the opposite of that. There's a market for all that stuff, but it's, it's increasing the efficiency of that market and the, and the, the value, the truth conveyed by that market by making it transparent for everybody to see. And I love it that you connected this with Ronald Coase because I just I just searched for him right now because I, I had an idea that he was sort of focused more on institution institutional uh, setup and uh, analysis of law, transaction costs, obviously. Uh, but th- the point here is that there is a certain certain approaches within crypto where they're trying to get the machine to solve all of these problems right they want to guarantee a certain arbitrary computation right with a certain set of inputs our computer our function is going to produce this set of output it doesn't matter who you are where you're from as long as you give it this input and 
maybe we can we can achieve some uh, theoretical uh, goal with this approach. But ultimately, Bitcoin approaches it from a different perspective. That it's not about the machine. That the real problem that we're facing is uh, an interaction between people through these machines. And so how people interact with these machines, it's very much not an issue of computational algorithmic analysis, although that has absolutely a role into it. But it's first and foremost an issue of how do we get human beings to, to work with each other. And I know you've been exasperated by this and you have, have posted about this where you're like, hey, I, I've you know, I like crypto, I like Bitcoin, I post about it often, but then I have other interests. So I, I interact with these other interests, but for some reason, people expect me to talk only about Bitcoin. <laughs> that is a symptom of something much deeper within humanity. How many people do you know that they're really into something? They, that, could be, that could be basketball, like you, I see you really like basketball. Yeah, nobody, uh, nobody ever interacts with my basketball tweets. Yeah, no, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I feel, I feel bad, I feel bad. I, I wish I could have something good or <laughs> interesting to say, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, Stephen Curry, totally. <laughs> I know the guy. I know of him. Yes, uh, Michael Jordan, still the goat. This is the most of the miming or, or memeing on that basketball. But um, but but the point here is that there is something that happens to a large swath of people where they utilize a tool or a certain way of being, and they really construct their whole life around it. And and, and when you start prodding them about, hey, what? How do you view the world? What, what would you do if you had a little bit of power or whatever? Seems that everything is predictable around that strange attractor in their life. And guess what happens? When you tie certain earning incentives to selling this way of life, people get even more tied to that worldview. And I think that the and obviously I'm talking about Bitcoin here yeah. or, or, or crypto in general, uh, in that uh, people start to see everything in the world through the eyes of Bitcoin, through the eyes of uh, gener whatever uh, architecture you are pitching out there. Like those, uh, you know, those like tweets, somebody shares an article that like, you know, something horrible, somebody committed suicide and somebody will be like, Bitcoin solves this. And you're like, what in God's name? Did you know that there were no wars before fiat, Isaac? <laughs> fiat started everything. And I, I'm like, I, God bless your soul. But, but God bless your soul that they're interested in this stuff. No, but, I, I love what you said because you, you made me think like, you know, the point of tools, humans make tools all the time, right? And that's, and that is, that is the story that is uh, to use Adam Smith's book title, the, you know, uh, the nature and cause of the wealth mm -hmm. of nations. It's it's right. increasing, increasing division of labor to make better and better tools that get more you know um, more value for the same or less you know input resources. Mm -hmm. So tools are amazing, right? You you want a steam shovel if you want to dig a trench. You can do it for you know a thousand times less than digging it by hand or with a spoon or whatever. But the the best tools and tools properly used make us more human. The tools serve us and open up our capacity to be and do more of that which is uniquely human, the human right. spirit, the creative capacity that we have that tools don't. What often happens is the tools become idols and make us more like them. Like we you know, create software and it turns us into software. We become less human and we shape our identity around the tool, which is a far more limited thing than humans are. We reduce what we can do to what this piece of code can do instead of letting the code expand what we can do and make us more human. And I think the difference between, you know, trying to say code will solve everything, code, 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 and saying, no, 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 no. humans will solve all the interesting problems. And code is one of many tools. And the, the way that you view this, this Bitcoin, this open ledger, the the decentralized data, the microtransactions, all the things that are technically possible because of Bitcoin, specifically in, in, in the form of Bitcoin SV, those are keys to unlock more of our human potential. They don't stop us from being human or turn us into brains in a vat in some, you know, dystopian robotic hellscape. Uh, quite the opposite. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. So, 
I, I love talking with people outside of uh, of Bitcoin where they're like, oh my God, a lot of the ideas that are being put out there are so interesting. There is this uh, coin that does storage. There is this coin that uh, is working on compression. And I'm like, okay. Um, the difference with, with our approach is, uh, it, it might sound simple and might sound a little bit hackneyed, uh, but it's a question of when you create a universal language and the universal language here means that from Albania, where I'm originally from to Texas, where I'm now to where you're Virginia, no, North, I forget, North Carolina, South Tennessee. Carolina. Sorry. Tennessee. I used Tennessee. to be in South Carolina. All right. This is, yeah, I'm not giving a ledger. So. One of those States, nobody pays attention to. It will, if you do your job, right. Um, and the, the, the idea here is that we're all going to speak this language. And the question is, like, how much of this language do we have to speak exactly alike to agree on? Mm. So when you approach it from a technical perspective, uh, do we have to agree on the OS? Uh, do we have to agree on the machine learning algorithms? Do we have to agree on the indexing? Do we have to agree on the storage protocol? What about the distributed, uh, the, the, the distributed uh, storage? How much do we have to agree? to be together. And the more, the more of that you put a requirement for, I think the more people will rebel and they will push it away. And they'll just say, I don't, I don't want to learn all of this. I, I don't think, why should I, should I do, uh, uh, chain myself to all of these uh, um, constraints? Wherever you speak a language, whenever you talk about contracts, you chain yourself to something. And going back to, to, to Ronald Coase, he, he, he focused on contracts. He focused on institutional economics. And, and, and the idea here is uh, something that I forget, uh, a Munger, an economist, I forget his first mm -hmm. name. Ma Michael Munger. Ma Michael Munger. He mentions this approach that like what, 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 what we're doing with contracts is that we're, we're chaining ourselves to a certain uh, agreement, a certain way of being, like, um, uh, and obviously here there's the uh, there's the uh, old classical meme of Odysseus chaining himself to the to the mast of of of, uh, of his ship to navigate in uh, to help his mate navigate in waters infested by sirens, and the the whole idea here is that with Bitcoin you are chained but mostly changed through the simple idea of competition. So when you said, hey, Arden, you can delete whatever you want. You can do what you want to Canonic. Yeah, absolutely, I can. But then you can do whatever you want as well. You just leave. And so yeah, I, I, can, I can start a, an interface that's called, uh, you know, reviews deleted by Canonic. And I can go to the blockchain yeah. and I can pull all Correct. those and I can Correct. show all those. And then if people end up going there instead of Canonic, you'll realize you'll suffer because you're deleting too many reviews that they want to see. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, what is governing us here, it's a simple market mechanism. Will this be enough? I think that this is not the end of the conversation. There are going to be conversations outside of this. There, there's going to be a powerful, important role for government. Uh, but I don't, we cannot tie ourselves down when it comes to complex uh, uh, computational uh, choices and have all of that standard in a chain that doesn't make any sense and mm -hmm. so the beauty of bitcoin is that it's 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 fair the, the primitives are fairly simple and we can do so much really what let, let's let's put our cards on the table here what we're trying to do is disintermediate not one publisher in in new york we're trying to disintermediate google and amazon and gafa and by doing that, we're trying to do the same to the Chinese companies. And by doing that, the same to the Russian companies and whatever Turkish companies might be or some French companies. And to me, these are like the, the, last, the last outposts. I'm sure there are companies maybe in Latin America and Africa, but they're, they're, I, don't know that, I, I don't know of them. Uh, but we are trying to create... Uh, sort of a universal international language and i think tomorrow unfortunately i know probably you're gonna you're gonna you know uh say no to this instinctually but 
uh, Bitcoin ends up becoming something more akin to the UN, but by taking the good things of the UN and removoving all of the ugly stuff that I don't hey, like. Hey, if, if the it, UN was uh, accountable to the market, I, I'm all yeah. about it. So that's yeah, no, so, Bitcoin. So, so to me, that, that is what it is that we're, what, that we're doing. Yeah. And right now, this is a toy. Or, or to borrow, to borrow uh, um, uh, an expression from our friends at uh, Twitch. Yeah, Twitch sucks, they say. I'm like, yeah, Canonic sucks right now. But it, you- it's, I mean, just from a nuts and bolts perspective, as a creator, I love, I love this process. I loved oh, thank creating you. and launching the book on, on Canonic. And I'm really excited about, you know, uh, the next several weeks as we, we continue to, to sell it because- so from a, just a creator standpoint, it's super, super slick and easy. You get on there, you upload the, the digital files, um, you know, you upload the, the book cover, you put in the description, you put in the price, whatever. And if you're just selling digital versions, it's done in, second, Very, in minutes. Yeah, it's just five, done. It's, five, it's way, five minutes the most. Five minutes. Yeah. You don't have Amazon's review process or 24 hours. And, all, and I mean, honestly, the interface you guys built is like 10 times better than um Kindle Direct Publishing, like even yeah, though it's, it's Amazon, it's, yeah. their interface is like super hideous and hard to work with. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I'm sure you haven't interacted with sales. I mean, I don't know actually. Have you interacted with Salesforce? In oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. A uh, like a customer management system, a CMS, and it's just hell. Half yeah. of the half of the, the the options, the features aren't really used. It's, it, it, it's more you know like like things like Salesforce are mostly created so they can you can give uh, operations people and sales managers something to do. Meanwhile, you're actually trying to sell where they go. Well, we, well, yeah, actually, when you have a, when you have a whole yeah, yeah, yeah of like, let's do this. Let's slice and dice the data this yeah. way. Oh my Here, here's God. this software to make your life easier. Yeah. And then you got to go find a contractor to teach yes. you how to use the software that makes your life <laughs> to fix it when it breaks. But but so from Canonic, like it's really cool. It's really fun when people buy the book. The BSV instantly hits my wallet. You guys take your cut instantly. The rest instantly hits yes. my wallet. I know that you're going to be adding features in the future where if I wanted to split the revenue, I could say to my editor, you get 5% of every sale and it 5% could instantly go to, to her wallet. Absolutely. All those things are possible on BSV and those are just features to, to be rolled out. Um, but like, it's really cool. You can do that with the digital copies. And then we're doing this unique thing with the physical copies where you buy a token and we're only creating 250 ever that you get the digital copy with it, but you can redeem that token for a print edition and we're going to print 250 so because it's the nft like the nft as a token can we we can it's like a gift box we can package with it whatever we want and in this case you also get the electronic copy so yeah you get the electronic copy you get the the physical copy and the the, the main idea is that we we want to allow uh folks to to um Print their own books to, yeah. to create their own books, and there is something to be said about uh, a limited edition. Like we live in a world where everything is like, oh, cheaper, more, faster. And uh, let, let's be honest: the better, oh, in that equation, is losing value. And the more, the faster, and the more. Well, is, is well and, the, and and this is what's exciting to me as a as a creator, especially because I'm not like a big name author or anything. I don't. I don't you know, my books on Amazon don't sell huge quantities or whatever, but you always have this dilemma. Do I want a book that's just like super easy for as many people in the world to get? And then lots and lots of people can buy it and they can keep buying it in perpetuity. And every couple months I get a few bucks on Amazon from people right. who happen to buy it. Or do I want to go super exclusive limited edition and just sell? Cause there's, there's always a small group of people, the diehard fans who will pay a whole bunch of money for what you have. Cause they love it. Right. And if you can get a hundred people to pay a hundred bucks for something, that's better than getting, you know, 5,000 people to pay a dollar for something, right? Yeah. And this kind of lets you get the best of both worlds. You can Absolutely. do unlimited digital versions for a couple bucks or whatever, and people can just buy those anytime. But Absolutely. at the same time, you can be like, we're going to do 250 physical ones only ever. And it lets you tap into that sort of limited edition market. And what's cool about the NFTs, people are, they're tradable. So I saw the first book you guys ever did that that you did as an NFT. Yeah. Um, yeah. You did a hundred, yeah. and those sold. They were hundred bucks each. They sold yeah. out really quickly, and now there's a secondary market. People who bought those tokens that entitle them to redeem that physical book, 
they can sell those. It's actually liquid, which is which is unlike anything you've ever, you can't buy the rights to an Amazon book, like an early pre-release, and then sell your pre-release. The, the author can't make it a limited edition thing. There's no secondary market, right? Like you can do all these really cool things yeah. that we're just starting to scratch the surface of. Um, and I think it just blows the doors off. So I'd love, I'd love for you to share... What do you see? I, I've, I've heard the really big vision for what you're trying to do. What is sort of the next phase for Canonic specifically? What are what are the kind of the next things you want to kind of unleash? Absolutely. And as I, as I sort of touch on those points, I sort of I want to uh, sort of speak directly to any future authors that are hearing uh, us at this point. And I think you mentioned something very important. Do you want to go for the reach of Amazon or do you want to go for this crazy little thing called Bitcoin publishing, but we don't really understand what it is. And in in very simple terms, very, very simple terms, hackneyed terms, uh, it's as simple as, are you going for quantity or quality? As simple as that. In a world where quantity, cheap stuff from Amazon has drowned everything, the information that will shape the world tomorrow is going to start from Bitcoin. Not only it will shape Bitcoin, but because it will shape it, because it will shape the world, it will be more valuable. And the question is like, well, Arden, why will it become more valuable? Many reasons. First of all, because we do think that we have a more equitable process. The architecture, the digital architecture that we're choosing is more equitable from the point of view of um, the, the businesses that are building it, the, the creators uh, and, and the users for a variety of reasons, but mainly because no none of these parties holds total control. And although our competitors like Facebook and Amazon, they will tell you, oh, you can download the data, oh, you can unlist whenever you want. The question becomes when they want to use their power on you and they have a ton of leverage that we have seen them utilize uh, unashamedly, really, without really much care about how it influences uh, social issues, governance in this country. They have a point of view and they're just marching with it. So upon this equity, we're going to attract more businesses that are going to compete and increase. Like what, what I'm doing is that I'm tying myself to a highly competitive process. It's the stupidest thing to do. You even have people like Peter Thiel who write whole books saying, what, you don't want to compete, they tell you. You don't compete. And we're like, no, 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 I, I'm going to compete. Uh, I, I want to make an honest living. Horrible. Like what, what you don't want to scale? Go and scale, young man. Um, no, we want to build a good business that I can give to my children, I, that nobody can take away from me. Can, can you speak a little bit more into the mic? Oh, sure, oh, sure. sure. Uh, uh, I want to I build a, a, a good business that is going to grow slowly, uh, but ultimately it's, it's going to be the gold standard. Ultimately, these businesses that are going to be forged from this, uh, the the Bitcoin competitive process are going to be the luxury, the best standard of products that we have in the digital landscape. More authors are going to come for this. More users are going to come for this. And ultimately, the way we achieve this is through these powerful uh, business incentives and the coin and the stability of the coin. No reason to go in depth right now, but I think this is one of the main reasons why uh, 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 why authors needs to need to come our way. From the point of view of why an author uh, sh- should do it is because ultimately most authors want to have influence, and we can gain that influence by. Um, cutting through the main problem that we have right now in society. And I think the main problem is that of the disappearance of reality, uh, mainly due to the multidimensional, schizoid, insane, ruthless world that has appeared online. And the more we have algorithms, uh, machine learning uh, algorithms that can shape images and they can shape videos, the more that world loses meaning. The more everything uh, that you produce requires less and less effort, right? Oh, it's just so easy. Just one button. The the more uh, noise we have out there. And And that's that's so funny you mentioned that because... So I mean, the, the you know the main topic of this book, the inner game of startups, it's it's a it's a weekly 
personal, um, you know, private emails that I sent during the first year of getting Crash off the ground. And Crash yeah. is, is the company I'm building. And, and it's so funny you said that, you know, the lower the cost of putting out information signals, that the crappier those signals get. That's even though Crash is not a Bitcoin based company, that's exactly what Crash is all about, right? What we help job seekers do is build a better signal than things like resumes and degrees, which are becoming very dime a dozen. And instead of blasting out these resumes, like hundreds at a time that are just flooding the market with, with really weak information, we're having them take the time to do things in depth. Like you said, build slowly on a solid foundation. Okay, find a company you love, build something for them that's unique that you can't copy and paste, right? It's like a limited edition of a book, right? Niche down. And what happens is from a hiring manager standpoint, you get five really high quality pitches instead of 500 absolutely shit resumes that you don't know what to make of. And by increasing the cost on the front end, the barrier to entry, so to speak, the, the raising the, the time investment required to communicate that signal, you make the whole market dramatically more efficient by reducing noise and increasing the signal to noise ratio. And I, and I love that that's kind of how you're, how you're looking at this. And, and I've had people say, since I announced yesterday this book, why'd you do it on Bitcoin SV? Nobody uses Bitcoin SV. And I'm like, well, first of all- Nobody used Bitcoin BTC either. First of all, I'm like, literally it's not technically possible to do it on any other chain. You Correct. can't upload a book. You can't have instant transactions that settle. You can't have, none of that stuff's possible. Most people don't know that. Um, and second of all, I think there's something really special about the way Bitcoin SV, and part of this is maybe an accident because they they're not listed on almost any exchanges and everything. It's almost protected them from the, grow exponentially. And by growth, we mean increase the dollar price, which is yeah. every other cryptocurrency. Yeah. Is almost the, 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 word, the words that you're looking for is degenerate trading culture that surrounds crypto. Yeah. And you, you really, you have no option, but to build slowly on a firm foundation yeah. to, and, to, and, and, to say, look, we're actually adding transactions every day, adding use cases every day. And, and you're only using this if you're trying to use it for a use that you can't use anything else for, you're not just like, and I think there's something so sneaky powerful about that. If you just get 1% better every day on a real solid foundation, instead of trying to go zero to a thousand in a month on a bunch of hype, you know, maybe the upside in the short term isn't so crazy, but you also eliminate all that horrible, scandalous downside risk. And I think what you're trying, how you're trying to build your business is reflective of that. Yeah, absolutely. And w what you mentioned about Crash, in a way you're trying to, and then I don't know your business very well, but from what I've seen, you're trying to uh, get uh, candidates or, or folks that want to find a job to create a, 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 a signal of themselves online. And that can be a rich signal. You can have videos there. You can have uh, a ton of information that signals more then the compression that we used up until this day. Now, what is this compression? Well, the compression is the university of XYZ. That used to be enough. You know, you would go to work for uh, an alumni. Be because it, it meant it had, it had some proof of work behind Correct. it. Correct. Correct. Right? Correct. And now it doesn't. You can literally pay to buy a degree by being drunk for four years and doing nothing and learning nothing yeah. of value. And there's no proof of work, right? But like even making a 30 second video for a company that requires yeah. more work than getting a four year degree. And I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it gives so much more information about you. No, it's, the truth is it gives more information about yeah. you. And I've, uh, I've, I don't know, I've uh, interviewed hundreds of candidates in my uh, in my life, and I just I can't get any information from the from from the uh, resumes anymore. So, and this points out to the changing nature of uh, how we are and how we communicate ideas and values. And ultimately, the digital is changing that. The resume used to be in the world of print, even academia as it is structured today is very much a creation of print. Um, and 
people say, you know, the, what is the message of the internet or the, the medium is the message. Okay, the medium is the message right now. I think that the message of the internet will surface as it um, swallows academia. It is already happening. It mm -hmm. is already happening. Because in, in, for example, uh, my, my, one of my previous companies, uh, they don't require any more uh, academic credentials. All they need you to do is take a course that they've created about how to build themselves, mm. uh, how, how to build on their systems. Well, Bitcoin is the same. It's just that Bitcoin is searching for uh, the best people. It's an algorithm, if you will, that is searching for the best people, teaching them how to make money, how to, how to think about trading, how to think about signaling. And, and so this is one point that I want to make. If you are an academic author, the most value you're going to get from publishing your book on Bitcoin is going to be the process itself. You're going to learn about what is possible with the digital tools. Your, your um, you, uh, readership base, it's going to be highly intelligent people who think at a much faster pace in much many more dimensions than the average uh, readership base. And that's going to change you. And it's, and it's going to change the world faster, or not change the, change the world is such a horrible expression. It's going to help you shape the world, communicate your ideas much better and much faster. What? And if, 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 if you went into academia to improve the world, to communicate, you're seeing that in academia you cannot do that anymore. Come and play with our systems, and you're going to earn more, uh, touch more people, and ultimately help shape the future of education, the future of, of how, we are, how we should behave in this world, how we should be. And, uh, and you're more empowered and you have more fun. You're in the driver's seat. It's you have more fun. Man, it's so much fun. I mean, hey, listen, we talk about responsibility. We can talk about honor. We can talk about duty. All, all important ideas that basically the modern world doesn't even you know, highlight anymore. The modern world is profane, 100%. Nobody talks about the sacred. If you go into a public... A company in the United States try mentioning the sacred. You're going to get out of that. You know, you're going to be kicked out of the company very quickly. And there's still something to be said, though, about just pure and unadulterated fun. Yeah. And how much just having fun with this stuff and learning and tinkering and communicating with people how we're doing right now is just come have fun with us. We're, we're building something that's really no, and there's something really special about because I, you know, I've done a ton of marketing of content for my companies for myself whatever and like it's exhausting the whole trying to play the whole seo game get the amazon review game email distribution game it's all this game stuff where you feel like you're trying to out clever and just pressure 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 and to be like you know what i'm gonna upload this to bitcoin yeah it's really hard to buy for normal people but i don't care it's really fun and i'm taking yep. all the pressure off i'm not trying to spam everybody um, so something you said, and this ties into that is it got me thinking like the first, and I think we're coming to an end of this. The first yeah. big epoch of the digital age was, you know, cause for, for all of human history, information is really hard to come by. The cost of information is really high, but information you did come by usually was pretty high value, right? So if you want to know about something, you got to go find somebody personally who's an expert on that. Even like music. I mean, I remember the days of like, mm -hmm. when was this song made? You couldn't look it up. You had to go find, track down a friend who was a total music freak and ask them. And they'd be like, oh, that was 1976 when that album came out, right? But the information yeah. value was pretty high, but hardly anybody had access to it. The cost of information was so high. So the digital age explodes and drives the cost of information down to just about zero, which is incredible. It unleashed all kinds of amazing stuff that was never before possible, huge productivity gains. But the problem with zero cost information is you have way too much of it and the quality is almost all garbage and the high quality is very hard to separate from the low quality. What the next phase in the digital era is to me is something that wasn't possible until Bitcoin. It was like the internet is zero cost. So information is easy to transmit, but because it's zero cost, there's no skin in the game. It's very hard to find, to, to get the signal to noise ratio to be, to be good. And 
tying an economic unit to all data transactions, to all information, you know, exchanges, and letting a native a native payment system be attached to the data transfer system, which is what Bitcoin enables uh, in a way that can't be forged and inflated and whatever, it suddenly breaks open the dam for the next era of the digital age, which is not lower the cost of info. Great, we solved that. Now it's raise the quality of info. Right. And that is so exciting. The ability to niche and, and pre-Bitcoin people are kind of circling around it. You can now have a Patreon page where you only have a thousand people that follow you, but you can make enough money for that. And there's inefficient ways to kind of try to backport the old world financial system into the digital age or use reputation markets like likes and upvotes to try to increase the signal to noise ratio, but they're all very easily gamed and manipulated. They're not very transparent. They have lots of overhead and inefficiencies, the costs to, you can't do microtransactions. You can't, so like Bitcoin, it offers us the opportunity to take the digital age to phase two and to capture the best benefits of the pre-digital age, which is when you did get information, it was typically pretty high quality because it took a ton of work to get it. And the best benefits of the digital age, which is the cost of information is near zero. So near zero cost and really high quality in the same thing. It's just, it's, it's so exciting to me, the possibilities. What the compression of what we're saying, what you're saying is that there is a fundamental sort of metaphysical truth that life is based on trade-offs. When you come there and you say, I'm going to solve, or no, you're saying, uh, give me this and I'll give you this other thing. And um, right now, yeah, we have information up to the wazoo. It's just, it's a mess. Go try to find something valuable in Google. Can't do it anymore. It's easier to find it on Twitter most of the time. Mm -hmm. Go try to find some important uh, uh, business relationship on LinkedIn cannot find it. It's mostly on Twitter uh, and what we're building. Why? Because it keeps some of that uh, uh, proof of work by, by the, the, the work that you've done to build your own, uh, to, to use a profane term, human-based algorithm with your followers and all of that. Well, Twitter is just a taste of what's to come. The truth is that, I, I spoke about the fun that it is to build this stuff. But let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves. This is a very highly competitive environment and it's going to get very, very competitive. If you are a hunter, if you like hunting, if you like competing, if you like fighting a little bit, it's something is very clear out there. The digital is the apex predator. And within the digital, there is a clear apex predator out there. And that is Bitcoin. It takes a very type of special person to want to play with these types of predators. But it, it is, it is, this is, this is what we're doing. It's a very powerful weapon. And if you are here to win, what it, whatever it is that you want to win, you ain't going to do that in New York anymore. You're <laughs> not going to do that in LA. And, and I can guarantee you this, you're not going to do this in San Francisco. You're not. Now you do it by showing who you are on chain. And there's no excuses anymore. If we were not Ethereum, uh, oh, we have to wait for Vitalik to do this and then shard that and then POS that. Well, and then and that, that's what I want to mention. Like most people don't even know that things that they think they have to wait for, for payments to be low cost and fast, you had to wait for Lightning Network to be in, you know, whatever somehow magically turned into something useful or Ethereum to scale or to be, all this stuff is currently possible and happening right now on Bitcoin SV. And, and what's somebody said the other day, like, why didn't you use the OG Bitcoin? And I said, I did. Bitcoin, you, you can't upload a book to the BTC blockchain because they changed it from what the OG Bitcoin was, right? Bitcoin was invented with all kinds of capabilities, building apps on top of it, uploading any and kind Isaac, of data. People are going to be, oh my God, let's stop with this nerd talk. And I'm like, listen, this is not about nerd talk. You are using categories uh, with distinctions without differences anymore and differences without distinctions. And this is your education process. This is what you cannot get by your professor. Bitcoin is not what you, you're approaching the judgment value of Bitcoin, what it is as an entity from the point of view of 
previous companies or previous uh, and, uh, protocol setups. And Bitcoin is not that. And you're not learning. You don't want to judge it for what it is. And the truth is that, well, at that point, you're, you're going to uh, get hurt by that. If you, if you play in the market, you're going to get hurt. Many people, uh, I, I've met many people who tell me like, oh, I tell people to, st- uh, friends of mine and uh, whoever, to stay away from Bitcoin and, and crypto because it's not real. It's, it's a fugazi, fugazi, whatever. And then I show them what I've done and they're like, oh, this, 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 is, this is real. I'm like, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah you see people be like, oh, what the? <laughs> you know, you see people yeah. say like, oh, well, this this coin is a shit coin or whatever. I'm like, I don't, yeah. I don't care what you call it. I don't. I'm not saying it's a investment vehicle, but every single day I use Twitch, which is Twitter, but on the blockchain where everything is a few cents and you earn money. I use Streamanity to post videos. I I've uploaded books to the blockchain. I'm using it every day and it works. So like, I don't care what you think it is relative to this crazy gambler's market of cryptocurrency degenerate speculation where you can or make some, a lot or, of money. Or some, or some platonic or some platonic idea of what we're going to do with, yeah. with coins. Yeah. We're, we're doing it on a daily basis. We are. Uh, and that's how you learn and get better, by the way, by tinkering, by actually using it, not just by like hoping that someday some computing power change happens. So the last five minutes here, I want to just kind of for, for people listening, um, share a little bit about what the book's about and how you can yeah, get absolutely. it. So, sure. so first, uh, XYZ. Um, yes. go there. There's, there's probably 30 books up there currently. Um, I got all my other ones there in digital version. Uh, those, yeah. those are also on Amazon, but, um, the inner game of startups, the new book is there. And you can buy, like I said, uh, an NFT, a token, which entitles you to get the print edition once we run the, um, you know, do, do the print run. So if you are new to all this stuff and you want to try to purchase it and it's like, okay, you got to purchase it with either a Relay X or a money button wallet. You don't have any of those. You don't have any BSV. On IsaacMorehouse.com, I kind of broke down quickly how to do that, but I'll just share on here. I think probably the simplest way is to go to Coinbase create an account, buy a couple hundred dollars worth of USDC, which is a stable coin pegged to the US dollar. Uh, Unfortunately, you got to do that to make this work. Um, Then go to RelayX, create an account. Then now you've created a BSV wallet. You can use Money Button as well if you want. You've created a BSV wallet and now you have USDC. Now you just got to swap the USDC to BSV. So you can go to coinshuffle.io and you can swap USDC to BSV, and it will tell you to put in the address of the BSV wallet you want it to go to and the address of the USDC wallet it's coming from, and you click swap. And then you'll have a wallet with BSV in it. That whole process is a giant pain in the ass, and hopefully that gets a lot better someday. But once you have a wallet with BSV, and I like RelayX because they have a little app store in the wallet where you can see all the different apps you can use it on, you can not only go to Canonic and with one swipe, buy any of those books, get the digital version, get the NFT you can you can trade or redeem. You can go to Twitch and experiment with a Twitter alternative that is on the blockchain. You can go to Streamanity and pay to watch videos. You can go to, um, you know, uh, play games on Haste or uh, play poker games on Peer Game. You, there's a whole emerging ecosystem with all these micropayments that are all instant transactions that are like, once you have that wallet, it lets you sign into all these apps and do all this stuff. So it's really fun. If you're up for a little bit of a, you know, getting your hands dirty, um, again, obtaining BSV is a giant pain in the ass and you got to go through a bunch of, because it's been banned from most exchanges and whatever, because most people in crypto uh, hate it. Um, They hate it as a speculative you, you know what you know what's a bigger you know what's a bigger pain in the ass a boring a, life a boring life hey there you go if, if I you like think that. this is a pain this is fun all the cool kids are going to be on bitcoin just come and play come and have fun come and come and create what's what what are the new cool things of tomorrow that that make life worth living that make life fun that make life interesting yes uh, it, is it is it a little bit uh, you know uh, hard to to get the coins. Yeah, so what? You can get it done. It's uh, anyone can get it done. You don't need uh, any special knowledge to get it done. All you need is certain curiosity and a certain interest to peek uh, what's behind the veil. And by the way, 
if people are coming to this to get your book, your book is about building startups and the difficulty of building startups and how, how weird and hard it is. We here are not only building startups, we're an entire ecosystem. We're actually building a new way to build companies. It's so yeah. different. We're building a new NASDAQ here. And I can go on and on and on. And you get to experience that. So yeah. this is absolutely not something to cry about and say, oh my God, it's so hard. This is like, how is this going to work? I want to be, I want to get a feel for it. And I understand what? that most people won't want to do it, but God damn it, life is so boring out there. Come and what and, and, and like, what's possible? I mean, even today, so like, I'm not a tech guy. Anybody who's listening yeah. knows that. But in the, in the BSV ecosystem, I've created uh, tokens. You can mint tokens instantly with RelayX. And I've created a token that is attached to a revenue stream from videos on Streamanity. So people pay to watch yeah. videos and a percent of revenue automatically goes into a pot that is rewarded to all token holders. Like all this crazy experimental stuff Fun. that creators can do. And you can really, you can, you can really go wild with it. And I'm happy to, to chat yeah. about it with anyone who's interested. But so- the book itself, I'll give a little sales pitch. If you're listening to this or watching this, you probably have at least followed some of my stuff before, but it, it really is. It was a, I spun it up as an experiment on Substack. It was a $5 a month newsletter. And I think I had like 45, 50 people that subscribed. And it was very, very personal once a week for um, 2019 going a little bit into 2020. I just wrote every Friday what was going on in crash as we were getting it off the ground uh, in detail as I'm going through the fundraising process, doing 60 calls with VCs a week and getting, you know, rejected, finally raising money, going through the ups and downs of that. What do I hate and love about VC? What would I do differently? Um, all this crate, like it's a very, I, I think there's a lot of practical information and insight for people who are interested in startups and who are weighing the pros and cons of VC versus no VC or, you know, the difference between consumer apps versus business facing apps. I think there's a lot of practical insight in there, but there's also a lot of a window into what it really feels like. The implicit, the, the implicit, like the mental stuff. Yeah. That you don't see out there. You don't get it. It's written nowhere. Um, and Isaac, I want to say this. When when crypto started going up in price, we all felt a little bit of satisfaction in that we started seeing a ton of inbound from family, from friends, from previous colleagues, from, from followers on social media being like, wow, how did you know? How did you see it? What should I do now? Well, the same is going to be equivalent for your book. Who is this author? that saw and understood what Bitcoin was before others. And I'm going to have your book right in my library that I'm seeing right now. And my children are going to pick that up and they're going to learn from you. Like, how did, how did this guy think? What was it that allowed him to remove the noise and see the signal? And this is what is, this is how this work is going to be seen tomorrow. It's, it's really going to be a work of getting deep into the uh, mind of a person that sees value before others. What, what allows this to happen? Like people are paying so much money to go and listen to some boomers like Warren Buffett and uh, Charlie. <laughs> no, I'm serious. This is yeah. how it's going to be. Right? People are, who were these people that understood how, how did they take the time to learn what a PKI was and how to save these words? And, and why did they choose this coin versus another? How deep did they, what mental models did they utilize? What was, how did they approach the world? And I'm, I'm going to say this, there's a lot of signaling out there. There's a lot of peacocking and you're going to have a very hard time finding an intimate account of what it's like to be in this world. And so people, especially the young, uh, that they want to learn, they want to jump in. I think that your book is going to be a fantastic introduction. Hey, thanks so much, man. This this has been a blast, Ardian. Um, besides canonic.xyz, uh, anywhere else people can find you, Twitter or whatnot? Uh, they can find uh, uh, me on Twitter, yeah, uh, at uh, rdn. Um, uh, XYZ, RDN, XYZ. Just the letters RDN, XYZ. Yes. Got it. They can find me on uh, on Twitch. They can find me on arc.page, another product that we're building. Um, yeah. So, 
happy to uh, happy to talk to any authors who are uh, who are interested and want to explore what's possible with Bitcoin. We're very excited. And, and I encourage any authors, even if you've published books on Amazon before, go go upload them to Canonic as well, yeah. and and do some digital versions there. And if you're thinking about publishing something, like I honestly think this is a really interesting time to get in early and get your hands yep. dirty with what I think yep. is a new paradigm for publishing and for content ownership and distribution. So absolutely. And some of these things can can look scary. Uh, it needn't be uh, all, all the, the easiest way to get involved with this is to upload an existing a book that you have um, uh, publishing rights to you can publish your uh, an ebook on canonic and experience uh, second revenue flow uh, with with uh, crypto, get to learn the the Bitcoin community and and um, and see what's uh, what's coming in the world. This is not just about again. I can talk about content distribution and how you can earn more money, but it's it's not about that. It's about a real live culture with a very powerful heartbeat and it's just fun. So come and have fun. Uh, come and and make some money. I love it. And go buy a limited edition inner, inner game startups on Canonic.xyz. Hey, thanks again, Ardian. We'll talk to you later.